an official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the BTSC. That's behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. Along with me is my friend, Tony Defio. You could call him Tone Def or call him whatever you like. He's cool. He doesn't care, do you, Tony? No, I've been on the internet for 20-some years. I'm, I'm used to everything. <laughs> Gosh, I could only imagine those great stories. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that might be uh, when we bring back Tales from 2 a.m., we might have Tales from 2 a.m. Tony. <laughs> Sounds you good pro- to me. You promise those will be fun and wild, right? Uh, I mean, uh, they'll certainly be uh, wild. I don't know how fun they'll be, but yeah, it'll be both <laughs> fun and wild. I mean, we have the, heart, the Hartwig thing. That's, you know, so many things. Love it. Definitely love it. Hey, if you are just checking us out, Right now, for the first time, now that the season has started again, I'm Brian, this is Tony, and we are so glad to be here with you, our BTSC family, as we talk Pittsburgh Steelers. And not only are we talking Pittsburgh Steelers, we are talking three and zero Pittsburgh Steelers, undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Last year at this time, we were talking about a team that was one and three. Well, actually, after three games, they were 0-3. But if you're going back to calendar, since uh, everything's a week later this year, um, that was a 1-3 and team at this time last year. And nobody was feeling good because you just beat the Cincinnati Bengals for your only win. Didn't have your franchise quarterback. Everything was in disarray. The Pittsburgh Steelers now have their franchise quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger back. They have players like... Stefan Tuitt back. They have Minka Fitzpatrick for a full year now, um, a full offseason as well, if you want to call what COVID gave us a full offseason. And you have some new players, such as Chase Claypool. Well, we're we're uh, not – I was going to say Stefan Wisniewski, but now that he is on injured reserve as well, I mean, we should see him back, though. But you do have Eric Ebron, who uh, made a big splash in yesterday's game as well. Alex Highsmith has seen some action. So there are some new faces. We're feeling good, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. So 3-0. and But it hasn't been pretty, has it, Tony? It has not been. It has not been. But I, I will certainly take it over what you just described from a year ago at this time, the month of September and all the bad news and, and the uh, start of the season with the three losses. Yeah, uh, certainly, uh, uh, like we said last week, it's better to, to – uh, Win ugly, then lose pretty. 
you know what? I've uh, I've lost pretty before. It's still losing, <laughs> right? Right. But uh, how I've gotten that Mister Two AM moniker was talking about stories of of the past that weren't always necessarily me. But it's two AM. You just take it. You uh, you take the victory, and you do that. And that's how the Steelers are when they're winning ugly. You know what we're talking about this week is they have the knack for winning nervously. So they're putting their fans through some nerves. In fact, I'm going to call the Roonies up. I'm going to call them up and say, hey, look, you need to go ahead and pay, take care of my copay for my anxiety medication here because <laughs> you're giving me some anxiety. But at the end of the day, when they're winning games, it don't matter. It's fine. They're winning games, Tony. So let's talk about yesterday's game. You and I were the bad guys this week. We were the heels once again, and saw a, I saw a great uh, comment on the co- comment section that, sh- that this one woman was mad at a few of us, and you know who you are. And it's you and me, because we are the prognosticators, and I use that term loosely, that went ahead and picked against the Steelers this week. I make no apologies, because I will tell you this, I'm wrong a lot. And I don't mind being wrong. I had that gut feeling. My gut feeling was wrong. So I'm happy. But there were times when I'm sitting there thinking, especially when they're down 14 to 3, I'm thinking, gosh, I don't want to be right. But I thought I was going to be. So you and I picked against the Steelers. Why did we do that? Tony, let's start with you. Why did you pick against the Steelers in this game? Well, I mean, I I can't remember the last time they won in week three. Not that that really has anything to do with 2020, but... Uh, it seemed like the perfect recipe, the, the Texans, as we talked about, they, they play the Chiefs and, and the Ravens to start the year. They're a pretty good team. They have a really good quarterback, good receivers. Uh, they're playoff tested. And I figured, you know, with no fans in the stands again for at Heinz Field and the, and the Steelers playing kind of sloppy last week, uh, I, I, I kind of felt that it'd be, they'd be ripe for the picking this week. But that, obviously, I was wrong. But in, in the same way, we can't pick it. We can't pick them to win every week. We'd, we'd be like uh, real homers instead of uh, bad guys. We, we got to <laughs> keep up our. We have to keep up our, our heel reputation, right? The uh, Jeff Hartman method is uh, pick them every week to go uh, sixteen and zero every year. <laughs> and no, he doesn't even do that. He'll go fourteen and two or thirteen and three every single year. Um, but you know, Tony, here's the thing about that. My, that was just my gut feeling, and it was pretty much the same reason that you just laid out there. I was thinking Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback, and I really think he is he's something special. He did not have the best game yesterday. The Steelers handled him. Why they ran more in the second half against the Steelers, I don't know, because they were not getting anywhere. You also throw in the fact that the Texans played the Chiefs and the Ravens in the first two weeks, where the Steelers played two teams that were 0-2. And, and you have uh, now they've uh, they have not had they have not had an opponent yet that has won a game. But I don't worry about that. So I don't have a problem with that because this team is going to find ways to win. I told you all the time that this is a special team. This 2020 team is going to be special. I'm feeling really strong about this team. But I don't expect them to go 16-0, and and I thought yesterday could be the game. Now, somebody asked me what my gut feeling is about the Tennessee game. It's on the road. It's against a 3-0 and team, and I feel better about that game. 
I actually am not as worried about that game as I was the Texans game. I think uh, the way they're stopping the run, Tony, is uh, bodes well for them. Derrick Henry's great. But guess who else is great, Tony? Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Melvin Gordon. Right. David Johnson. Those guys are great. Those guys maybe have a little over 100 yards combined against the Steelers. I think Gordon did the best. He might have had 65 yards or so. But, you know, they stopped those guys. Tannehill does not scare me as much as Watson did. This is a team that won ugly the last couple of weeks as well. This is going to be a fun ball game to watch. Um, two 3-0 teams going up against each other. You have two 2-0 teams going up against each other tonight in Kansas City and Baltimore. And unless there's a tie, one of them is going to walk away with a loss. So the Steelers and Titans are going to be ahead of one of those teams in the AFC standings. It's really interesting going into it. And next week, one of those teams is going to remain ahead, I'm saying either the Steelers or the Texans, ahead of the Chiefs or Ravens, because one of those teams is going to be 4-0 next week. Hey, it could be the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have not seen a 3-0 team since September of 2010, and that's when Ben Roethlisberger was not playing, because he was suspended in that year. They went to the Super Bowl, they lost that year. But I'm really excited about this team. So, Tony, what are your thoughts on the fact that they're going into Tennessee this week, 3-0 against another 3-0 team? And are you more worried about or were you more worried about the Texans than you are the Titans like I was? Uh, I picked I, I thought they were going to lose yesterday. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I was probably more worried about the Texans. because, Like you said, I think Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback they've that they'll face in the first, uh, what, who do they have next? So Eagles, probably the first five or six games. So uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely confident that they could, they could take care of Tannehill, uh, at least, at least keep him in check. I don't, I don't think he's going to be the, the, the guy that beats, uh, beats them. So I'm, I'm probably more confident about this game, even though they're on the road and they're supposedly going to have what 7,000 fans in the stands. So uh, I, I'm feeling good about this game. Yeah, I'm not worried about 7,000 fans in the stands. Um, you know, I tell you what, the Minnesota Vikings didn't have luck against the Tennessee Titans with all those cardboard cutouts there. <laughs> and I, I heard that one of the cardboard cutouts got in the fight with another one, and, you know, it was really ugly. Somebody had to go to the shredder. It was really bad. That's why but... you can't take kids to the game anymore. <laughs> Break out the box cutters. Right. <laughs> Something's going wrong. Um that's <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous. I love it. So, Tony, what's your knee-jerk reaction from this Steelers game? Because, you know, they they went down the field pretty well in, the, in their first drive. They came away with a field goal. I don't know whether you were thrilled with the play calling on that first drive. Um, but they got down there, there pretty quick. They only came away with three. And I was nervous about only coming away with three. And that proved to be the, the truth because I mean, I had a reason to be nervous because Deshaun Watson, next thing you know, it's seven to three. But what's your knee-jerk reaction from the way that game started and how the Steelers went down early? Well, uh, my knee-jerk knee reaction is thank goodness for second-half adjustments because 
the defense really didn't look good at all in, in the first half. I mean, I think we, we can all agree on that. The the As you said, I don't know why they bothered to try to run, meaning the Texans, in the second half because they were doing a great job of finding the uh, soft spots in the Steelers' secondary. I guess they were playing zone. I, I thought I read that today that they were playing zone. And I, I would if I'm if I'm the uh, Texans, I would have kept doing that. But but maybe they couldn't. Maybe the Steelers. My my uncle said, well, the Steelers never never really make second half adjustments. They're not good at that. And that's certainly something that Tomlin's been uh, criticized for throughout the years. But they must have uh, made some adjustments because they were lights out. So that's that was my initial reaction. Is is it was a tale of two halves. And I'm I'm, I'm glad that they uh, that the, the the defense really really came on strong. I mean, the defense it was a uh, as, as good as it's looked, even since the beginning of last year, that's how good that defense looked in the second half. But it's probably maybe one of the worst uh, first halves that they, or halves of uh, first or second halves that they've had since they gained a reputation of being of being in the lead defense. You know what? I'm very fine with this team um, having a better second half and staying within the game. But you know, you kind of felt a little bit better when. They uh, they took the lead again at the end of the first half, but then just like that, boom, 50 seconds, Houston goes down and scores on this team. And I was like, wow. I was hoping, I was like, all right, you know, if they hold them to three, that's fine. But no, they, they went and took the lead again. And the second half comes, not a thing from the Houston Texans, not a point. And that's absolutely phenomenal. That when you say first half, a second half adjustments, that's definitely what they made. Now, last week, I believe it was on the preview or maybe it was on the post game show, but Jeff Hartman asked this question to Dave Schofield and myself. And one of the questions was When will the preseason be over for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Now, if you listen to Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman on our audio only uh, platform this morning, he proclaimed it. He said that the preseason is now over for the Steelers. I kind of, uh, my answer to that question was, give give Ben Roethlisberger until the fourth quarter of week three against the Houston Texans for this to be over. And I just said that a week ago. And it seemed like that rang true. So I was right about something. Uh, ben Roethlisberger came out and he started, he's starting to look sharp. If I have any wish if I have a wish list for Ben Roethlisberger it's that maybe uh, some of those deep balls start connecting but it seems like he's pain free it seems like not everything's on the mark yet but it's coming and if you call 3-0 and your preseason then wow what's coming up ahead Tony yeah I'm looking for you know as they always say the team that you see at the beginning of the year is generally not the the, the, te- the same team you see by mid-season and, and then by December, it's a completely different team. So I'm looking for them to uh, really hit their stride by mid-October. The, the, the last few years, they seem to really play their best football in October and November. So uh, I'm looking for them to really uh, hit their stride in, in another week or so. And, uh, you know, Leonardo Torres, um, greetings from Brazil. Love to see that, Leonardo. And he says, just happy about another win. And but I'm thrilled about it. I am absolutely thrilled. But let's not forget what our jobs is to talk about the good along with the, the things that worry us for the future. And that's what we're here to do. So um, as far as worrying, 
As far as Ben Roethlisberger, I think he's there. As far as James Conner, I take back everything I said two weeks ago when I said that maybe it's time for the Snell cow to come (laughs) in and be the guy. But it was really interesting, Tony. And I've got a question about this. It's obvious that James Conner is the guy. And when he's healthy, he is very good. He, I think he's fantastic when he is healthy. Right. Is he going to remain healthy? We're going to hope so. But it looks like they transitioned yesterday to a little more division of labor with the running backs by giving Anthony McFarland Jr. an opportunity to come out and play and get some reps. And he had some nice bursts. Benny Snell Jr. did not have the the best days. His average was, I believe, 1.6. But he was he was not cast aside because of the fumbles. And that's good to see. You don't want to take a player like that and just say, okay, you've had two fumbles, you're done. But what the two fumbles in my mind did was say, hey, let's just see what McFarland has inst- as well and go ahead, put him into the mix. So now you have three guys. It is not a running back by committee. It's never going to be completely that with James Connor healthy. But if you can give James a little bit of a rest and throw those guys in at spots, you're going to be a better team. Now I question sometimes when James Connor wasn't in there on an important third and one, uh, I really thought he's third and short. I want to see him in all the time, but as far as that goes, you know, at least those guys are getting some action and you're not waiting for the wheels to fall off of James Conner to say, oh, hey, maybe we should get these guys some reps. So the running back situation, Tony, what are your thoughts? I think they're doing it perfectly right now. Uh, what did Conner have? 18 carries yesterday and uh, both Snell and, and and McFarland had seven apiece. I think that's, that's how you, you should do it. If, if you don't want to do a, a complete running back by committee, and I don't think Tomlin will ever really want to do that or commit to that then they're, then they're doing it perfectly you want to basically give the your, your the number two and number three guys roughly half the, the carries that you give your number one guy so uh, I, I like it and I think I think Connor and Snow are kind of like uh, two sides of the same coin they're, they're sort of like the same kind of running back downhill runners a little shifty whereas McFarland's a, a obviously a, a breakaway threat so I, I like the way they 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 mix him in, in, into the uh into the rotation yesterday. What is your biggest worry about this team going forward? It's a 3-0 team. We have a lot to be excited about. But your biggest worry, and it could be anything. It could be coaching. It could be injuries. It could be the secondary. It could be the offensive line. What's your biggest concern right now? Um, I, I would say injuries, but, but you could always say that, I think. Because, I mean, they're always, as we found out last year, they're always one big injury away from from the season being a, uh, a, a totally uh, a total disaster, at least it would have, you know, it's starting out that way with last year. It started out looking like a disaster. Uh, I'd say the secondary, honestly, and it's, and it's only a mild concern. It's a mild concern because I think uh, there was such, such great hope for, for Mika Fitzpatrick after what he did last year. And, and, and Steven Nelson graded out really well last year, at cornerback and, uh, you know, obviously Joe Hayden's Joe Hayden, so you know his reputation. So right now, that's my biggest concern: is why are why are these receivers? Uh, see, they seem to be getting open, seem seem to be finding the soft spots on a pretty consistent basis uh, throughout the first uh, three weeks. That's that's probably my biggest concern right now. 
You know, I, I could recognize all of that. I have no problem with that. I'm probably a little more worried about injuries, but like you said, that could happen at any possible time. But here's one interesting thing, and this is why I'm bringing this up. Somebody asked about Deontay Johnson. And uh, the thought that is the thought is that he is going to be on the in the uh, concussion protocol. We don't know. We don't have a word on that yet. We're going to learn more tomorrow on the uh, Mike Tomlin uh, press conference going into week four. And be sure to check out behind the still curtain as Jeff Hartman will go immediately after and have the uh, the wrap up on our podcast uh, platform as well. So check that out. That's how I get my Mike Tomlin news. Cause I'm usually busy at that time. Um, at my, uh, real job. And so I'm at, I'm at my real job doing, uh, doing my thing and I don't get a chance to check it out, but then I go ahead and turn on Jeff. I'm, I'm like, let Jeff tell me what's going on. And there you go. Um, CT Pittman says Deontay tweeted last night, says he's fine. We'll see what's going on with that. There's another injury that we do know of that Derek Watt will be out for a few weeks with that, that hamstring. Um, and it led to a very interesting tweet by one Roosevelt Knicks. Looks like Roosevelt Knicks is not... Uh, now, l- let me make this clear. He is not hoping to capitalize on an injury, but there is a vacancy right now. Team needs an experienced fullback. You think they might be calling Roosevelt Knicks to see what he's got? Uh, that's possible. I, I um, not only is he a, did, has he played fullback for them, but he's a, he was an exceptional special teams player, just like Derek Watt is. Uh, but the one thing I will say is they 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 do seem to know how to play uh, offense without a fullback. They've 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 driven us all crazy with that over the years. Uh, not utilizing the fullback enough, especially on short yardage running situations. So I think they can get by in that regard as far as if they decide not to assign somebody else. But I could certainly see based on on their their fondness for Rose Nix, I think they all loved Roosevelt Nix when he was here. All the fans loved him. I think the coaches loved him too. So I could certainly see them uh, giving him a call and, and, and bringing, bringing him in while, while Watt is uh, on the mend. Also, don't forget this, and Donald Nolan mentions it. Trey Edmonds will be moving up to fullback for a few weeks, probably. He's on the practice squad, and you know he has done admirably in that spot. He knows it as well. That might be really that that might be the uh, the most logical solution at this point. But I would love to see a guy like uh, Roosevelt Nix back in the fold. I don't really think it's going to happen. I think you'll see Trey. I don't think. Uh, Derek Watt's going to be out that long, but we shall see. One more thing to say about the injury situation. This is how excited I am about the wide receivers right now. You lost Deontay Johnson yesterday, and this team doesn't fold because that's how deep they are at receiver. You have Juju, who had another pretty good game, but he only had 46 yards. Doesn't matter if he has 46 yards. Or it might have been 43. Uh, you go ahead and correct me on that. But it doesn't really matter. The reason being is because if he's not going to kill you, you're going to get killed by James Washington, by Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson when he's in there. And then you saw what Eric Ebron could do. Probably one of the most exciting things for me yesterday was not just Ebron, but Vance McDonald as well. Seeing Ben get them in the mix 
And when those other guys are covered, you have a weapon to go to, and those guys are wide open. That rapport with Eric Ebron is going to be huge. And once Ben gets that rapport with you, you know you're going to be golden. We saw it with Chase Claypool a week ago. That 84-yard touchdown made Chase Claypool one of Ben's guys. He, he had no problem going to Chase Claypool late in the game yesterday as well. He didn't go as much, but they were spreading it around. He went to Ebron a lot, and that is a big deal. And he's still going to throw balls into Vance McDonald. So we predicted this all along. This is starting to come true. So that's pretty exciting. Steeler Tank says bad. His name is Mapletron. Get it right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that name, Mapletron. I, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. I think you could still get the Mapletron t-shirts on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I, I think we've had them in, in there since uh, draft day. So that's really exciting. Um, so you know what? Let's take a break, Tony. We're going to take a short break. If you are on the podcast platform, go ahead, download podcast number two of the Steeler Hangover. If you're still here with, uh, if you're on YouTube, just stick around. We're going to be right back and we're going to take your questions. So our Q&A portion is going to start in just a moment. So get them ready, put them in. We're going to start answering them for you, my friends. <laughs> 